Amen. Amen. I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Because I'm looking for that day when he'll wipe all of our tears away. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. The former things will no longer be remembered. They will have passed away. I don't know about you today, but that's good news. Because we live in a world full of pain and full of anguish. But the Lord has promised us that he's got a new Jerusalem waiting in the heavens for you and me. That's wonderful news. Amen. Amen. And if you would go with me, let us turn to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 5. In the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, let us turn our attention to verse 14. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 14, you will find these words. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, let your light shine. Let your light shine. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Once again, we are in the great sermon and the first sermon of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ called the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is nestled in the Gospel according to Matthew in which the writer Matthew is writing as Jesus is King. So the Sermon on the Mount is his manifesto, his objectives, his desires and his requirements for the kingdom. And so we have spent an extensive amount of time dealing with the introduction to his manifesto called the Beatitudes. And so as we continue to unpack the verses of the Sermon on the Mount, we must always keep it in the context of the Beatitudes. Because remember, Jesus says in this sermon that he came to bring happiness. And we found that the way happiness truly comes is much different than the world portrays it to us. 
The kingdom of God is 180 degrees opposite of the kingdom of this world. And so now we're dealing with personal issues for the saints of God as it relates to how God is working through us. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. The first thing you must realize is that every born again, baptized believer in Jesus Christ has a responsibility. And that is to be the light of the world. And the light is in contrast to darkness. Darkness, when we think about those words, we think about an era, a time and a condition to which we cannot navigate, we cannot find our way. But also when we think about darkness, we think about it from the perspective of evil. So in this context, we see that we are the light of the world. There is a world out there that has lost its way. They are trying in so many ways to find their ultimate destination through modernization and technology and philosophy and culture. But none of these things will get them to the kingdom of God. And so God, with his loving kindness and tender mercies, has left us, the children of God, to be in this world and to be the guides of the world that has lost their way. We are the lighthouse on the shores that shine so that the ships that are at sea that are tossed to and fro might find direction to safe harbors. Because this world is full of evil and full of destruction and full of pain. But God has a prescription that will take their pain away if they will just find the light. And God has given you and me as baptized born again believers the blessed opportunity to be that light. But that brings about a big time responsibility on our parts. Because if we don't act like children of God and we don't represent him in holiness, how would our light so shine? They're already living in darkness And they don't need to see any more darkness. But when we are not living like we should, we cover up our light. Amen. So now we have a responsibility to live right in the sight of God. The Bible says that Jesus says they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you show one another. So when we're in churches and we're backbiting one another and we're talking about one another and we're setting up traps for one another, we're not letting our light so shine because that's not the love of God. When we have our own agendas and we will do what we need to do to hurt whoever we need to hurt in order to get our way, that's not love. That means our light does not so shine. But the love of God lets us look for us to the benefits of others. Not for our selfish gains, but for their benefits. Now our light begins to shine. Because you do know Jesus Christ did not come to this earth for his benefits. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He owns everything and he doesn't need anything from us. 
but he came benevolently with true love to benefit us and not himself. There was nothing in it for him, but everything was in it for us. So therefore, as ambassadors, as representatives of the light whom Jesus is the true light and the light so shine out of us, we must live that selflessly in the world. We can't be selfish. We must be selfless if we're going to shine the light of Jesus because he's the ultimate one who is the epitome of selflessness. Amen. So when we look at our text We realize also that evil is dispelled by the light. But the Bible tells us that men love darkness more than they love the light. So we must expect in this world as those who shine the light to be persecuted, to be scandalized, to be slandered, to be passed over for promotion to be mistreated, to be set up to fail. We must expect that because the men love darkness more than they love the light. When we're out talking about being selfless, the world and men in it are talking about being selfish. By many means necessary is some's mantra, which means if I got to run over you in order to get mine, so be it. You shouldn't have been in the way. But then the children of God step in and said, uh-uh, that is wrong and unholy in the sight of the Lord. That is a sin and the world don't want to hear that. They don't want to be called accountable. So then they retaliate. And then we are found persecuted. We are found in issues and situations where they come against us and afflict us on every side. As Paul said, when I do good, evil is always present. But that's all right, saints of God, because you need to be encouraged in knowing that if you are being persecuted, we can rejoice. You say, how can we rejoice? Because we know if we are part of the persecuted, that greater is our reward. After the world has gotten all they've gotten from mistreating us, it's all going to burn up in the fire. And even if it doesn't get that far, the metal will rust. Houses will break apart. Cars will break down. These things are not designed to last. But the reward that God has for us is eternal. So we can rejoice when we're persecuted because persecution allows us to know that we are in the will of God. Amen, saints? So now we began to look at our purpose as the light of the world. We begin to see that we're going to shine a light into the world and there'll be some who will come to the light and those who reject it. Because even though the seas may be cloudy and dark, there are some that just want to stay out of there. They just want to stay out in their sins and do all of their immoral acts. They want to be homosexual and lesbians. They, they want to be murderers and liars and they want to be extorters and fraudulent. They want to be those things because they're selfish and they want their own way and not the Lord's. And that's okay because the Lord has still 
given us the opportunity to be gifts to those who will believe, to those who will turn from their wicked ways and come to the light of God. And that God is on the inside of you and me shining bright as long as we work, walk holy as well in his sight. Amen. So when we look at our text, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And we on a great hill and that hill is Jesus Christ. We've been set up to be spectated. We've been set up to be seen by the world. When our light so shine, the world can see it, whether it likes it or not. But when it's on that hill, it cannot be hidden. When you're on the hill of Jesus, you're walking right. Saints of God, you, you're being holy. You're seeking after righteousness sake. You're not lying and cheating on folk. You're not mistreating your brothers. You're letting your light so shine. And then it's not hidden. But if you're going to get into that dark world, then you might as well have your light taken away. Because you're not living the way God has required us to live in order to be the light that gets those people who will come out of those tumultuous, dangerous, deadly seas of darkness and evil. Amen. So when we go on with our text, we see that nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Our light has been lit. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you asked him to forgive you of your sins, he put his Holy Spirit in us and cleaned us up, made our dead spirits alive in Christ, and he began to shine. The light began to shine and that we don't put our lights under a basket. We don't try to get in the cubby holes of the world and say, well, I'm just going to be over here out of the way and I'm not going to say nothing to anybody about anything. I'm just going to blend in. God is saying, I haven't left you here to blend in. I haven't left you to put a basket over your light. I've left you here to let it shine. I've left you here to confront sin. I've left you here to live holy when everybody else is doing whatever they want to do. When the folks on your jobs is, is, is having coarse gestures and laughing and saying bad things about other folks, you don't join in. And a matter of fact, if they ask you, you let them know that I don't believe that's right. And God is not pleased. When they want to go out and drink and do all kinds of things after work and you said, no, I can't go there because I love my God too much. Every time that happens, your light shines and that their darkness is being exposed. They're not going to like it, but that's all right because you aren't here to be liked by men. You are here to be pleasing to God. Men are not going to like you. You cannot satisfy folks. But one thing for sure, if you follow this prescription, you can satisfy God. And that is the most important thing because God has your destiny in his hands. See, man tries to put it in their hands, but they don't have the power. God has all power and that your destiny and your eternity is set in him and that he is the one that we want to please. If we 
cause people to be upset at us because we please God, that's all right. Rejoice because greater is your reward. And so we look at our text and we see that it gives light to all who are in the house. That house can be our jobs. That house can actually be our homes, can be our churches. It can be anywhere we are where people are congregated together. It opens things up because when we go turn the light switch on in our house after it's nighttime, darkness is dispelled. It was dark, but once the light's on, darkness is no more. And so we are to be that kind of dispelling light in our communities, in our homes, in our families, on our job. We are to be there to be the sergeant at arms against evil so that it does not flourish because the light of God will dispel evil. Am I right about it, saints? And so now we see our responsibility says light unto the world. It's a blessed responsibility because it's also a gift. Each and every one of us in here who named the name Jesus knows that at one time or another we were not saved. That God, because of his good mercy and his good pleasure, reached down through the annals of time and touched us. He reached down and he called us. Because Jesus says no one comes to him unless the Father draws him. And so God, because of his good pleasure, called us and we didn't deserve it. And we didn't deserve it, so now we have the opportunity to step up and have the blessed gift to shine into the world. It's more than a responsibility, but it's a gift. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And now we get reward from doing his will. He could have just said, that's your duty alone and there's no other reward. But we get rewards on top of being faithful to God. Amen. Because if he hadn't done anything else but died on the cross and buried and rose from the grave, he had done enough. But he didn't stop there. He said that our life would be abundant and exceedingly abundant. We would be able to receive things that would be greater than whatever we could ask or think. God's abundant blessing. So why shouldn't we be the light of the world? Why shouldn't we treat each other right and love one another and look out for the best for one another so that the world might know that we are his disciples and that when we go out to the world with the light of God, even though they may not receive it, at least they may confront it and something's been on their mind because God will use that seed of the word that we use and then he will plant in them something that may come up at a time that none of us even know. But if it's one thing for sure, if we hide our light up under a basket, then it's not going to occur. It's just like one way to know that you're not going to succeed in anything that you do is if you do nothing. A wise man once said, evil flourishes because good men do nothing. So if we stop doing and we put our light under that basket, we are sure to see that the world is going to go continually and abruptly and in great number into the abyss. But by the grace of God and through our diligence and obedience to him, some might be saved. Amen. Amen. And so now we deal with our final verse in this small passage here that we're dealing with today. That says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Now we see that 
Even in those responsibilities, now we have also the blessed opportunity to give glory to God. God said, let it shine. He didn't say make it shine. See, that's the good news. We don't have to work hard to make it shine. We don't have to turn some wheel because the wheel of the light is already on the inside. Ezekiel's wheel on the middle of the wheel is already down on the inside. And he's saying, just get out of the way and let your light so shine. He said, take out your own selfishness. Take out your own will and let my will be done. And when you do that, the light will so shine among men that they will see Jesus and not see us. We want them to see all of Jesus and none of us because we are fallen creatures and sinful. So we let our light shine. The light that God put on the inside by getting out of the way and saying, Lord, have your way. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 4, that God, that Jesus is our life. He's not coming alongside it. He's not coming along as a consultant, but he is our life. So therefore, let God be your life and let your light so shine. Because we want to give glory to God. And men need to see our good works. Because we are capable, Reverend Stevens, of doing good works. Because God said that we have been predestined, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, to good works that we should what? Walk in them. So we don't have no excuse for not doing good in the sight of men and of God because God has already fixed it. The only reason why that we may not be doing it is because we don't want to. But the good news is that the same free will that will allow us to give, make the decision not to will make the decision to do. And we can do right in the sight of the Lord if we make the decision because he's given us everything we need according to the Holy Spirit to be witnesses to this dying world. Acts chapter 1 says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be witnesses to me, to Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Not because you do so much because of what all he's doing through us. If we make the decision to be obedient to God, to let your light so shine. So as I close in this text, we know that it's all about glorifying our father in heaven. It's all about giving glory to God for all that he has done for us. So when the world sees us doing good works, treating one another right. Telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, what ends up happening is God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory because he is the one that has done all things in us and we not ourselves. God says in John 15, without him, we can do nothing. But the psalmist says in Psalm 27, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's my strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? He said, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Lord, 
up against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. See, the psalmist understood that greater is he that's within us than he is in the world. Even though they may lie on you, even though they may scandalize your name, even though they may set up stumbling blocks, God is your deliverer. God is your comfort. So you can keep running on. Yeah.
Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And at this time, we'll open up the doors of the church. If there's somebody here who doesn't know our Lord and Savior, right now is the time to get to know Him. You can get to know Him and it won't cost you nothing. Because Jesus has already paid it all. He paid it with His life on Golgotha's Hill so that we might have the right to become the righteousness of God in Him. But the Bible says that if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. God is waiting for you to call on His name. And He asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. And God will be faithful to forgive you. And he will come sup with you and he will come and live in you. He will give you a life that's brand new. The Bible says that in the end, the eyes have not seen nor ears have heard the good things that the Lord has in store for those who love him. But I don't want anybody here today to miss it. Because there's no reason, because it won't cost you nothing. The gift is for the whosoever would believe on him. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. You can come today. There is room at the cross for you. You can come today. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus just now, he will save you, he will save you just now, come Just now, there is room at the cross for you. There is room at the cross for. There's still plenty of good room 
Amen. And now as we Amen, get ready for our Lord's Supper and our offering. Amen. We want to take a moment here before we go into our Lord's Supper to pray over our offering. Amen. And to get ready to give it. And then we will go from there. Amen. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we thank you, Master, for the blessed privilege to give. Lord, we ask that you bless the offering, O oh God. Bless the tithes, Lord, that they be used for the edification of your church and the ministry of your kingdom, O oh God. And Lord, we want to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you're going to be in the hands of our ushers for our offering. And after you come around to do your offering, um, as you see, I think we can all pretty much get on the same road today. So amen. But if any, any reason why we can't, then please make sure that we have an open seat, open pew between rows that we're sitting on. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.